0: Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and Hey, everyone, this is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of Redefining Success. And today is going to be a ton of fun because what I love about Chris, and I'm about to introduce everything to you, is I love a guy who is in the tech industry at the same time he's in the auto repair industry. And you don't hear that too often, but he's doing some amazing things. His story is amazing, and you're going to want to stick around and hear it. So joining me today is Chris Cloutier, who is in Dallas, Texas, but really he's got two auto shops there. But if you go kind of look him up, he is the president and CEO of Auto Text Me. And he is revolutionizing what is going on in the auto repair industry and the communication that's happening there. As a matter of fact, as I did more and more research on that, I really was wishing that the body shops and repair places I used, used his technology. Like I need to just go talk to the people who are repairing my car and tell them, Hey, you need this because this looks really powerful. So Chris, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank
1: you, Eric. I am looking, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. This is going to be awesome.
0: We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. So the way this always starts um, and the way that I like to start this is we're going to pretend it's just a sunny, bright, great afternoon. We're all hanging out in my backyard. I've got the grill going and barbecue. All my friends are over here. So uh, my friends are my listeners. So if you would just go ahead and introduce yourself to my friends, that will get us started.
1: Sure, Eric, I'll introduce myself to your friends. So at a, if I'm sitting around a barbecue, people would go, hey, Chris, what do you do? And yeah. I got to fill out the room first. A lot of times I'll go, oh, what do you do first? And let me see if they hate their job and hate their lives. Because unfortunately, a lot of times when you sit around the campfire, they're like, yeah, I go to work every day and and I'm miserable. Me, mm. I, I and then they look at me and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I got to tell them that I'm an entrepreneur and I love what I do because every day I chase butterflies. I go and create things. As you said, I not only have created software in the industry for auto repair, which most people go software and auto repair, they don't go together, Chris, because auto repair is kind of backwards. And here you've created software for auto repair. But I also own two auto repair shops where the software was birthed out of. Mm. So I am a, a founder, a CEO, a president. Uh, I call myself a president because my mom was like, Chris, she'll never be president. I said, no. <laughs> mom, one day I'm going to be president. So I like that title, even though I, I, you know, Eric, I'm on the show. I want to say that one of my words for 2022 is humility. Mm. So I'm going to try and be as humble in this intro as possible. But yes, I am a tech guy. I grew up in tech. I grew up with, you know, IBM clone as a very young age programming. Mm. I've also played in a rock band, You name it, I've probably done it um, to some degree. I still to this day get behind the keyboard and get dirty a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I really like running businesses. I like the whole idea of business. I like the whole idea of of making and building people. I, you know, the Lord has been good. He's given me a lot of people to shepherd and, uh, you know, pouring into people is one of the things I really, really like to do as well as pouring into myself. I'm a big uh, advocate on self-improvement. Um, reading. Uh, I love to read, love to go to conferences. Um, I speak at conferences as well. So I'm a speaker, um, which you, in, in my bio, I can just keep listing things. And people are <laughs> like, what do you not do, Chris? And I'm like, well, um, I don't play hockey okay. and I don't play tennis, but, uh, you know, pretty much every other sport I'm, I'm pretty good at. So, yes, <laughs> at, at my core, Eric, I'm an entrepreneur, love business owners. I love people who take that risk to mm. get into business and I have a heart for getting into business because it's very hard as entrepreneurs to get into business. Um, So that's a little
0: bit about me. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So I mean, you are passionate about what you get to do. So how does when you kind of go out into the world every single day and chase your butterflies and do everything else that you described, how are you the most getting to live your passion every day? What's like one or two things you're getting to do every single day that are awakening or a light, uh, kind of lighting up the passion that you have?
1: Well, I'm a creative person. So I I mentioned I I play in a rock band. I love to write music. I love to write songs. I love that creativity side of my brain that allows me to just think of Mm. things. Mm -hmm. And then the good thing is, Eric, now I've, I've built teams. So I have several different teams that are beneath me. So I can be the idea guy. And then I have teams to execute on those ideas that, that I create. For instance, so auto text me as a communication tool. You're absolutely right. Uh, most and all auto repair shops or body shops be, should be using it. I created it to create transparency. When we bought our first auto repair shop, I thought, this sucks. You know, <laughs> when, when I was an auto repair sh- uh, client before, there's no transparency. You're calling at five in the afternoon, asking if your car has been moved, asking if it's been touched. So I created auto text me out of a necessity for our own business to create that transparency. So when Eric brought his car in, he would know that, Hey, we checked it in that he'd get a text message. It's getting diagnosed. So you would know, Hey, they're actually working on my car. They're moving my car through the process, which creates transparency. And we know that transparency creates trust. Yeah. Right. So that's one of the products I created. That's one of the products that's out there right now. We got a lot of great clients in us and Canada, but one of the new ideas that I came up with is, is, in an auto repair shop it's all about bay efficiency so you can't really multiply technicians well you can you can add more technicians but eventually you run out of bay space so mm-hmm. we have this new project that we've been working on which is using ai and machine language uh, artificial intelligence and machine language to identify a car as an object in a bay and we're actually calculating real-time base statistics and showing a shop how long this car has been sitting in here and now to a lot of your audience you're like well that doesn't seem like a lot of fun. And it seems like something that's excessive. But when it's all about getting that car in and out as quickly as possible, sometimes you Mm. want to know if that car's been sitting in there for five hours, because most people in auto repair shop will say, oh, it's only been in there for 30 minutes, the guys in the shop, they lose track of time so quickly, because Mm. things move quickly. So it's just kind of exposing some of the truth. So I had this idea, I was challenged with it many, many years ago by an advisor of mine. And here I get to go create a project that is trying to track exactly that. So that's the kind of neat things I get to do. So it's to me, it's kind of still creative
0: in its own sense of of music. It's just technology I get to go create. Absolutely. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. fantastic. So I can't imagine. I have yet to meet an entrepreneur or anyone who goes from or goes to the point of like, hey, I've got these successful ideas. They're working really well. Everything. I mean, it sounds like right now you are in kind of, the the music is in harmony. Let's kind of borrow from your terms, right? The music is in harmony today, but I've got to imagine along the way, especially the show being redefining success, that getting to the success of the harmony that you're experiencing today, you hit a few bumps in the road. So I'd love to just kind of unpack or hear from you kind of maybe some of the biggest challenges, maybe one or two challenges that you've run into and the lessons that you learned along the way on getting to the harmony of the music you're creating today
1: that's great and i'm gonna tell you eric it's not all harmony too i am mm. an entrepreneur i you know my my days are hills and valleys mm. right some days I'm, I'm on the uphill and some days i'm down in the valley i'm i'm in the desert looking for you know a glass of water um people ask me chris is your is your glass half full or half empty and i say look sometimes i i, I don't care how much water is in the cup because i'm staring at a desert right now mm. and whatever you give me is just not going to get um do me well so Many times in my journey, and I'll start kind of with with my beginning journey, which was as a musician and as a as somebody who wasn't very humble, um, I I always thought I needed to be in the spotlight. I thought I needed to be the best at everything I did. I thought I needed to be, um, you know, for instance, in a band, uh, I had to be one of the singers. I had to be the lead guitarist. Um, when I got into radio and I mentioned that I had a stint in radio, yeah. um, I had actually one of he was a good friend. He was the one who ran the radio show and he sat me down one day and he said, Chris, yeah, you should really think about running my business and getting into the business aspect of things versus being talent on the radio. And I thought, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm talent. That's what I want to be like. I'm a spotlight type person. Mm -hmm. Um, I really need to be the forefront of everything. Um, When I bought my first auto repair shop, it kind of hit me and the Lord kind of said, Chris, you you have to stop being the one in the spotlight right? Mm. You really have to grow people and allow them to excel and exceed you, right? Because if not, everybody's always going to be standing in your shadow and and you're never going to really grow and you're never really going to grow your businesses if you feel like you have to be the center of all attention. And that's very hard, right? As entrepreneurs and and a lot of us are type A, so we really want to be the center of attention. We want people coming to us when there's a fire. We want them to, to, to have that value and validation that we're smart. So it's very hard and humbling to start, you know, really creating leaders in your industry or in your organization and allowing them to get the spotlight and and building them and having them be better than you at certain jobs or tasks. And that's been a struggle for me for a very long time. And I'm not saying that I've mastered that, but in you know, as a role of leadership or as getting to be a servant leader, right? You're really gonna, you really have to reflect and and understand, you know, in my Am I solving the problem or am I teaching them really how to fish, right? Mm-hmm. Am, am I giving them the fish and temporarily absolving things Yeah. or am I really trying to grow people? And one of my pillars that I live in life is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pour into people that are allowing me to pour into them. Um, I'm not Jesus. So I, I'm not going to pour into people who are holding their hand over, over the cup. You know, I don't have the patience for that, unfortunately, but if you're willing to, to open up your cup, then I'm willing to pour into you. I'm willing to grow you. I tell the people that work for me, You know, the day that you leave, I'm going to shake your hand, but you're going to be a better person than
0: the day you walked Mm. in and you got hired into my companies. Wow. Wow. So I feel like I'm missing part of the story and I'm going to make you tell us, how do you go from radio DJ to owning an auto shop?
1: (laughs) So I've always been a serial entrepreneur. I have come up with all kinds of ideas. I, I was writing blogs before blogs were popular. Um, yeah. I had location software. I had um, actually in a band, I had created geo-targeting email campaigns for the band because we were a local touring band. Got it. Um, so I created a product to where we would take the phone numbers and zip codes of our audiences in Austin or Dallas or Oklahoma. And I realized if we send it out to everybody, then the person in Oklahoma wouldn't come to Texas. But if we were going to them next week, they would they would stay in Oklahoma. So what we would do is we geo-target the shows and I thought oh I'll go sell this to other musicians for 15 bucks a month and if you know anything about musicians we don't have any money so that was an absolute (laughs) failure we used it but I couldn't get anybody else to use it so I got into radio because I wanted to get my band on the radio so I thought well let me go into radio that's a good way to get behind the scenes um and then I wasn't very happy in radio because I found out that a lot of the DJs really didn't care about music. So it was kind of, you got to see the wizard behind the, uh, Mm.
0: yeah.
1: And and the wizard just had a job and that my passion, it crushed my heart. So I was, uh, I was working as a engineer, which I've done most of my life, even in radio, even as a band. And I was praying to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? I'm going to, maybe I'll go get an MBA and I happened to be on Craigslist and uh, don't ask me why. And I see this auto repair shop for, uh, uh, you know, in the air close to my brother and, uh, just kind of hit me And the Lord's like, Hey, go look at this. And I, I thought, nah, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that, but I have a brother who's an auto. he's a technician. So okay. let me go talk to him. Um, so we went and looked at the shop. It was, uh, in bad shape. It was making no money. Mm. Um, we had another brother who was going to go in with us and he said, guys, I'm out. Uh, this is not going to make any money. Um, we had mm-hmm. friends and family say, guys, this is probably not a good venture. Um, I prayed on it. And it's funny. My brother was praying at the same time and we went to lunch and, and my brother said, and he'll tell the story. It's a good one. He'll say, you know, Lord, whatever Chris says, I'll agree with, even though I don't want to do this, but really? whatever Chris says. So we sit down and he goes, all right, Chris, what do you think? And I said, let's do it. <laughs> and he was like, okay. Cause you know, the Lord, it just hit me. He's like, look, here's your MBA. Yeah. Here's your, yeah, here's your real life MBA. You get to learn really truly how to build a business, how to run a service business. Cause I've been in software for a long time, but here's, here's a chance. And uh, we struggled um, for the first couple of years, uh, but then we got a lot of training. We, we we hooked up with a lot of different advisory groups and, and mentors and, and now we have two of them and successful software to boot. So yeah, interesting, right? Uh, you know, I, I, and it's worked out very well.
0: So very the well journey worked. of an entrepreneur that I find is often that there is, there's really, really, you were talking about kind of staring at a desert, but there are these dry seasons. Um, I told, I, I was at a conference one time and somebody said the definition of the entrepreneur is knowing what it's like to figure out how you're going to put payroll on the line of credit. Um, or the credit card and until you've learned how to do that you don't know what it means to be an entrepreneur or you know um, what were those first did did when you bought the auto shop even though you're kind of a positive guy but you said you've kind of got these desert moments like where was, was there a point where you were ever like boy this was a bad idea we, absolutely. Shouldn't, we shouldn't have done this
1: absolutely if, if there's not a day that passes in my life now that I think god this is a bad idea like why am I <laughs> why I'm in this situation. Um, we have a love for people and that drives a lot of it. And then a lot of times, you know, no employee ever wakes up in the morning saying, I'm going to suck today and I'm going to really ruin, you know, every, but a lot of times as owners and entrepreneurs, that's what we think, you know, and, and it's hard to change that kind of perspective. So there are absolute days even now that I wake up and I say, you know, this is too much. Um, Look, I didn't pay myself uh, at, when we first opened the repair shops. That's a that's a that's a common story, entrepreneurs. You know, ah. and you hear from Dave Ramsey, you know, a lot of good, really good people say, pay yourself first. When there's no money, <laughs> there's there's no paying yourself. So, but I took all that money in in order to get my brother in the business, who was a tech. We we he had to make a certain amount of money, and okay. it was funny because I I'm like, Lord, we can't do this. Mm. Like, we don't have the money to pay him. He knew it. I knew it. But I'm like, but you've got to be here in order for this to work because you are the talent that we needed to get in here. You know, going back against to Chris, you can't be the talent. You know, it was like he had to be the talent for this. And uh, <laughs> so there wasn't sleepless nights where I'm like, what I tell my brother when we don't have the payroll to pay him, because mm. that's very hard when it's your brother and it's your partner. Um, but I'll tell you, the Lord was good. And, and we didn't ever have to not pay them. Like I said, everyone, somehow the money found that we had a job that would come in that would pay for at, right at the last minute. Um, and, and trusting is one of the hardest things that we do as, you know, Christians as, as people of faith. Um, but yeah. we trusted and, and we continue to build and, and, you know, I could tell you, auto text me um, we lost, Hundreds of thousands of dollars because what we did was we bootstrapped that off of the auto repair business. And I said, Hey, Pat, I really want to. This thing has some legs, let's go out there and see what kind of business we can get. Um, because we had drummed up some local business, and he said, Let's do it. And I said, But I want to borrow some of the money from the auto repair shop and invest it in here. He said, Let's do it. But you know, we've proved this. And I said, Well, I'm probably going to lose some money. And he goes, (laughs) sure let's do it um and we did and that's hard you know when you're making money over here and just losing lots of money over here um but it's also a blessing because we didn't have to get investors a lot of investors everything else so we have a lot of control over what we do um which is nice
0: yeah so there's one part of the story that i'm curious about because i haven't heard you say are you or your brother either married either one of you
1: Yes, we're both married. Yes. Okay, So I need to
0: know what's going on at home because I don't know about your house, (laughs) but those seasons when we were like, hey, I don't know that we're going to paycheck this month. My wife was a rock star, was a rock star. So I've got to imagine there's some rock star wives sitting behind the scenes on this, Chris. 100%.
1: My wife is, uh, she is an entrepreneur as well. Okay. She actually owns a cake making business and she's a soccer coach. Um, and so she works for soccer club. Yes. Um, which is nice. Um, yes, she has been very patient with me. One of the things that we've been very much on the same page about is our finances as well. So we live a very frugal lifestyle and we have saved money all our lives. And so when we kind of took these leaps of faith, um, we, we could live off of a little bit of money, so we mm. do not. To this day, we don't live extra, extravagant lifestyles. And same thing with my brother. Um, we come from a family of six kids, and okay. uh, so our dad worked and our mom did not. Yeah. And and so we would powdered milk was on the menu every night. Um, mm. We had frozen bread, hammy downs, uh, frozen. Everything was in the deep freezer. Right. That's yeah. the way it was. We'd buy in bulk and deep freeze. So some of us lose, uh, uh, learned the scarcity mentality, mm. and then some of us didn't. But uh, me and him happened to learn learn the frugal lifestyle, and to this day we're still frugal. But my wife is wonderful. Um, My I have two daughters that are also wonderful, uh, eleven and twelve. A lot of people ask me, Chris, you do all this stuff. How do you spend time with your wife and kids? Um, I don't do a lot of anything else. Like I, I don't. There's not a lot of movies. There's not a lot of watching TV. There's time with the family. Yeah. And then there's working time. And people say, well, Chris, that isn't a balance. And but. Eric, you've interviewed other entrepreneurs when you're doing things that you love and you're energized by, it's not really work like you see it as a nine to five, eight to five type job.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, what are the greatest? I mean, they're only 11 and 12. What are the greatest lessons that you feel like kind of this entrepreneur journey, even yours and your wife's? Because I mean, her being an entrepreneur as well makes this kind of different. What are the greatest lessons you feel like you've been able to pass on to your daughters to this point?
1: One is affirmations, affirming themselves. It's interesting that as business owners and entrepreneurs, a lot of times we get in this mindset that we're not good leaders, mm. that we, you know, we're not good business owners, and, and we constantly repeat this in our mind daily. Yeah. And you know, affirmations are a good way to, I, I'm not saying that we're brilliant and that we're great, but to know that you are placed into this position because the Lord puts you there and affirm that you're a leader and you can always improve your leadership, but to not beat yourself up. So it's interesting it as 11 and 12 year old daughters, they've gotten to places where they've, I, I've asked them and they've, they're soccer players. So they're, um, they're select soccer players. They play soccer at a very high level, yeah. um, but in their minds uh, about a year ago, I, I saw this down attitude and I started asking them and, and, and prying into them and prying into their lives. And I didn't realize that they had a lot of negative self-talk in their own minds on the field. So I said, look, you know, write down some things that you, you believe, and then we'll repeat these in the morning, afternoon. And then, you know, before games, I get them to repeat them now and everything else to get that. And we do it to ourselves and it's not, its very easy to do that. And the other thing, and it's a great lesson. I just taught, um, one of my youngest daughters the other day, um, she came in and said, you know, we're kind of changing up teams. And I said, look, your coach is going to ask you to play different positions Mm -hmm. and your, your position always needs to be. Yes. Um, this is the way life works. I said, you know, when I was younger, I would say, oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Right. We kind of pick and choose what we want to do um, because we think that for some reason we have this, this authority to be able to pick and choose. And I said, one thing I've learned about an entrepreneur is you say yes to everything, whether Mm. it's cleaning the toilets, whether it's cold calling on the phone, whether it's you name it, we do it. And you don't say yes to anything until you get people that can do it for you. But you can't be above and beyond anything. So I said, you know, here's a valuable lesson. Make sure you say yes mm. to whatever opportunities given in front of you.
0: Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I've got to imagine that even with your daughter, your daughters are getting some of what you brought even into the um, auto repair shop. Absolutely. Because I... I've known enough people who work in kind of those industries that a lot of times they're carrying around limiting beliefs, even about what they're doing, or they think down on themselves and we need those people every single day. um, And they're incredible, but they don't carry a whole lot of self-worth. So how has that even been reflected in your shops and your ability to pour into the people who work for you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? Because sometimes it's just, it's, it's, you know, is it nature or nurture? Yeah. Is it, is it, and, and we have a, a, you know, we, as leaders, we have that, you know, opportunity to, to, to shepherd our flock. So, but a lot of times you're fighting years and years of, of, of unfortunately negative behavior or negative self-tout or negative, um, and that's tough. So a lot of times it comes through training is one of the things I like to do in, in my mm. organizations, and, and forcing them to get certified in different types of things. In, in auto repair, it's ASC certifications. Yep, yep. Um, so we'll pay for them, pass or fail. We'll pay for studying for them. And then we'll give them bonus if they achieve these. And then in order to be certain levels of technician or shop, you have to earn so many to, in order to, to work. And so, But what it does a lot of times is it gives them this accomplishment that may, they may not have gotten in high school. They wow. might not have gotten it right because a lot of times, you know, look, people in the trades, it, they might be in the trade because that's that teacher or said, you know, you're 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 not going to college. Don't even worry about it. Right. Um, you know, go work on car. But yeah, here's the thing about trades. And, and, you know, and I know a lot of people know, like, look, it's the people who work on our cars get us to work every day. Yeah, it's the, absolutely. Uh, it's the AC repair person that oh makes us um, comfortable throughout the day. And and these people, Mike Rowe is the person that I really appreciate a lot, and he's done a lot on Dirty Jobs. But he's yeah. been a big advocate of maybe school's not for everybody. Maybe we've sent too many people to college to get too many people mm. in debt. Where you can go get a trade, and you can really excel and, and make you know very good living in that. So I think certifications, training, and all that you know we owe it to our people to kind of push them. Sometimes uh, it's funny. I met with a guy at a conference one time, and he'd come over from Indonesia and he Mm. owned a auto repair shop and he's sitting at a a bench and he's, he's, he's shaking. And, Mm. and so I got to talking to him and he, you know, he had Parkinson's and he had Mm. told me about his journey in life and how he opened this auto repair shop. And I was kind of, this is several years ago before I really believed in training a lot and, and, you know, really had a a heart for it. Um, I had it, but I really didn't force my guys into it. he said, you know, he's built the shop and now he's got Parkinson's and his ASC certification, his ASC certified uh, certified technicians take care of him. Mm. And, and he said, but what I realized was people didn't want me to, you know, when I just asked them to go do it, they wouldn't do it. And he said, but I, I would force them. So he goes, you know, I, I forced them to all become ASC L1 mass certified technicians. I forced them to challenge themselves to be better and better even though they didn't want to, he goes, but hmm. it was non-negotiable. It was something I wanted them to do. And he goes, and look, and fast forward now he goes, I can't work it. And now they take care of me. Right. And he goes, so Chris, you owe it to you and your yeah. people to get them to better themselves. And I, it made a big impact on me because here's this guy living, you know, the fruits of, of what he did with his people. And I thought that was very powerful,
0: very powerful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, So the show is Redefining Success. I'd love to kind of know kind of from you, your perspective on like growing up in a family of six and you do have like some, you know, mindsets that come in on limiting beliefs and things like that. You've got to struggle. What did you think success was maybe when you were coming out of high school or you were younger versus even what you've even kind of, Come to understand how you define success today. Kind of take me through that journey if you could.
1: Oh, great, Eric. That's a great question because coming from a family of six, we were comp- constantly in competition with each other. Mm. That—that's the name of the game. Our dad didn't let us beat him until you could beat him, and there was five boys and one girl, so you could. And I was one of the fourth of wow. the boys, so it wow. was all about competition. Yeah. And uh, competition, as we grew older, turned into money, and it turned into how much money you could make mm. and how much mm. money that you had in the bank and in yes it it went to bad places i mean it and it went to unfortunately it, that's not the motivation that we need to be driven by as money um so i've gone from money and we would get to where we would we would hang out after a family reunion and we would start comparing our bank accounts and start comparing mm. our portfolios and start comparing it, and that caught me up for a long time thinking the value was in how much I made. And part of my moving from an engineer and not working for people anymore and to truly an entrepreneur's journey, I had to break that cycle of money. I had to break that thought that it didn't matter how much money I made. It, mm. The journey was the experience. And I'm, I'll, you know, the Lord gives us wisdom through the journey. Right. And a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we think, well, Lord, this is hard. Right. Why? But that's you gain wisdom through the hardship you gain. You know, you get sued. It stings. But you know what it feels like to get sued. And now you have a good lawyer. You you, you get in trouble with the IRS. It stings. It hurts. But then you get a good accountant. Um, So what I've had to learn and transition to is, is truly like understanding it's not about money. It's once again about building people. Right. Mm. And it's really about building the people around you, because if you build the people around you and you set the goals and you set the the destination, then most of the time you can get there. And we know that, you know, success is built on a mountain of failures. So Mm. I I love the quote. Um, I'm not one that likes to fail like everybody else. I still want to win. I still want to have successes, but I understand that, hey, failure is not final. And failure is not absolute. It's just one step in the journey. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's not about the money anymore. It truly is about you know building the people around me and building you know and seeing seeing what the journey the how the Lord's going to take me in the journey. Um, I've had opportunity because I do have software. Software is hot commodity. Uh, been for a couple of years. So, you know, I, I've had opportunities to sell the software company. And, and, you know, we discussed this before. I'm part of a C12 group. And, yeah. and one of the discussions I've brought to the group many of times is, you know, should I sell? Should I sell? But I keep going back to, you know, the kings didn't look for gold and silver. They look for wisdom in the Bible, yeah. right? And Proverbs says it, 1616, 16, right? I mean, yeah. gold and silver aren't what you want. It's the wisdom and, and you know, understanding is is truly that's truly where we want to be. It's hard, it is hard,
0: but it's, it, it's, it's you yeah. said you said the kings didn't the, the the kings who succeeded didn't the kings who failed <laughs> yes did, he did what was displeasing in the eyes of the Lord that was usually a guy who was seeking after the gold and the silver so, absolutely yeah. <laughs> you're you're absolutely correct yes
1: yes most of the wise ones yes
0: uh, yeah absolutely hey this is you you've brought this up so many times I've just got to know what kind of music did your band play
1: we weren't angry at our parents. So we played just kind of rock. It was kind of hard rock. Yeah. Yeah. No anger. Cause we, we had good upbringing so we could try and lie and be angry, but it was more like a, moro- a melodic rock with a, uh, with a couple lead singers. Yes. Did y'all, um,
0: did y'all have any did y'all get anything on any airplay on the radio or is it all yeah. mainly local or it was local
1: and, and we had a very minor, we had some college radio play and, and since I was in radio um, and it was a syndicated show every once in a while, we get a little bump or something um played on that show uh yeah it was fun actually you can still find uh the music on itunes some of our songs on itunes yeah
0: so what's the name of the band
1: monkey shine monkey shine w- with a y not okay. with an i yeah that was back in the day where using a y was cool <laughs> when you're naming your band unfortunately i'm so i'm a computer guy too eric you talk about a massive mistake i made was i was like well i, I caught monkey shine with an i i n e which makes sense but i couldn't get the domain name So I thought, well, let me do YNE.com because I get it. Unfortunately, nobody would ever spell monkey shine with a Y. It was always with an I. So yeah, one of those technical mistakes that I made in my life. One of
0: many. Uh, Well, that's good. I mean, yeah, success is built on a mountain of mistakes. I heard someone say that just a few minutes ago. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you just, you're, you're, you want to make sure you get to share a part of your story you want to tell that I did not get to, that we didn't uncover in our conversation so far.
1: No, I appreciate it. now you come in. And one of the things I like to really reflect on is, is, is to entrepreneurs too. And I'm on this kick of humility for my 2020 words. So I'd, I'd be reminisced if I don't mention, uh, you know, ego being an enemy a lot of times of the entrepreneur, we got to be careful about, it. I talked about, you know, self-awareness and, and affirmations to to uh, affirm that you're you know a good person that you're a leader but there's also that tip of the other side where i think sometimes we go a little too far um and we become very egotistical and uh, want to make a good book recommendation that's not my book it's called ego is the enemy it's mm. one of those books that i i reflect on yearly and it, it talks about you know being a said it best um you uh, for i believe it was the quote was uh if you think you already know you can't learn, or if you're an expert, there's nothing that you can learn, right? So be careful about being an expert, um, always be open to learning, um, you know, be a perpetual student is kind of the, the premise of the book, because a lot of times we get to a level of what we think is excellence, and therefore we don't learn, we don't listen anymore, we don't pay attention anymore. So I would warn like as, as entrepreneurs and as business owners that we, we, we keep ourselves in check and watch our ego.
0: Yeah, I mean that's one of the, the definitions of success that the world likes to tell us is that it's about us. Correct. And it's not. It's not about us. It's not about it's us. It's not about Amen. us. Yeah, that's always the challenge. So here's my la- my favorite question that I like to ask here towards the end. So in three generations, what do you hope your great grandchildren remember about you?
1: Hope they remember my entrepreneurial spirit. I, I hope they, there's a choice you can make in life. And, and this is hard for me because I have people who work for me and I love the people that work for me. Um, I believe an entrepreneurial journey and that entrepreneurial spirit allows you a lot more freedom um, mm-hmm. in life. So, and it's really about passing that down to my children and their children's children that we truly do have a lot of freedom Um. Gary Vaynerchuk said, you know, he's like, look, you win the lottery when you're born. There's 400 trillion people that could be born that aren't, but you, you did. So I would hope that they would kind of take in that entrepreneur spirit. I don't, they don't necessarily have to run auto repair shops. They don't have to, you know, run a software company, but I hope that they understand that they can make choices and decisions to build their own businesses, to build mm. their own legacies. Right. And to understand, but as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of things to go with it, to be a leader, to raise other people up. Right. And that's where I really want to start. Um, I come from a long line of people that won't necessarily that they worked for other people. Mm. Um, even though I do have some, my lineage who own their own businesses and I'd like to rekindle that just that freedom of being able to understand that. You know, it's a journey, right? And, and we can love the journey and really appreciate life. Uh, when I was working for other people, um, I, I felt very constrained. And, and once again, in being an entrepreneur, I, I experienced a lot more freedom um, in my life. So I kind of want to take that legacy down of, of this idea of freedom. Now, does that still mean that I, you're going to work 80 hours a week? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I work on vacation. I work, I work all the time, but it's on things that I, I love to do. Right, yeah. um, you know it's 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 very freeing, and then I can be at their soccer games. I can be at you know the,
0: the yeah. take the journeys and do the things that I can really, you know, want to do and experience in life. That's fantastic, that's fantastic. So if somebody is listening to the show today, Chris, and they either want to follow you or get in touch with you or just like kind of resonate with your story, what is the best way for my audience to connect and stay in touch with what you're doing?
1: I think LinkedIn. I believe you have my profile on LinkedIn. Is good. Yep. You can find me on Facebook as well. Um, those are probably two best ways to, to go. You can also look up autotext.me, a u t o t e x t .me, or goldenruleautocare.com and find me uh, those. I have emails on both of those as well. But yeah, feel free to reach out. Love talking to other entrepreneurs. Once again, being a business owner to me, anybody who takes the, that jump or the leap is it just has ultimate respect in my book.
0: Oh, fantastic. Uh, you do. I'm just going to repeat what Chris just said. You owe it to yourself to go look at Autotext.me just for the revolutionary way that he built it. I said, as I already said, I'm going to my repair shop and my auto shop, and I'm going to like you guys need this because I'm sick of making that five o'clock phone call of Is my car going to be done? This is it's. Yes, I love to watch people who are disrupting and revolutionizing and transforming industries. And Chris, you are doing that, and so I would encourage everybody else to go take a look. So, Chris, thank you for being here today. And no, thank, thank you, Eric, for having me. The interview, it was, it was fantastic. And I'm so glad to get to share this with my audience. And I just look forward to just kind of keeping up with what you do on an ongoing basis. Appreciate it, Eric. All right. So thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. We'll be back with you again next week for another episode of Redefining Success. God bless you. Eric L. Dunivett here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, The Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunovit.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media, take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success i love to read your thoughts and shares on social media and we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show we are constantly adding new content adding new podcasts so first and foremost i'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing also you all of your likes your reviews your shares All of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunivant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.